you have arrived at key ladders podcast this podcast is all about investing in residential rental real estate your host is william anderson experienced in all things residential rental real estate give mr anderson a few minutes of your time and he will pass along some great advice suggestions or information you can use to help build wealth after this podcast please go to keyladder.com and read our blog articles consider enrolling in one of our great courses to learn more about investing in residential rental real estate thank you for joining me again at keyladder.com uh, we're going to talk today about your vacation rental property or short-term property you know that property that you went out and bought probably during covid because you wanted to get away from the big city the big metro area and enjoy yourself without all of the restrictions and lockdowns well if you're one of those who bought late in what I call a cycle for buying property to use for investment purposes, a vacation property, short-term rental property, then you may be suffering a little bit now because there has been a bit of a downturn on the number of people that are coming out to visit vacation rentals. That's not just a local thing in my area, that seems to be across the country according to some of the forums that I attend. Now it's not terrible at this point and it may not get any worse than this. It may get just a little bit worse. We don't know. This is new territory for some. For me it's not exactly new territory. I had some vacation rentals many many years ago in Spain. They did okay during the downturn. Uh, they were a little bit slow during part of it. It was kind of an adjustment period for people to figure out what was going on with their own personal incomes. Once all of that was fairly settled, then things started to recover, and then they recovered very big. Now, I remember several downturns in the real estate business itself in the industry when people were buying houses and lost a lot of their equity, and then the equity came roaring back. That has been the case since at least 1965 when one of the Fed, St. Louis Fed, started keeping track of pricing. And you can see the model where the price consistently has gone up over all of those years. Now I'm just using price as just one example of how things recover. You know the stock market always recovers too. It may take some time. It took nearly 10 years for the real estate business to uh, completely recover and it took a number of years for the stock market to recover after our last major downturn. Now I personally don't think we're going to see that serious downturn in property values that we saw around uh, 2009. There are many many reasons for this. One of them is that when people were buying their properties they actually had jobs and real income and put money down on those properties for the most part. So I don't think we're going to see that. But there was a trend for people to go out and buy a vacation home. Not always to rent, just a place for them to go for the family retreat. And these properties are generally in high tourist areas. They're along the beaches. They're in near mountain resorts. They're places that people like to go just to get away from their homes. And the last few years, at least since COVID started, there was a run on property. And that also happened with people buying their own principal homes. It happened with refinancing because interest rates were low. Well, property values continued to go up. 
over the last couple of years. As a result, people who bought in late in that stage, they're the ones I'm talking about here, if you're one of them, uh, you may be finding that your mortgage rate is pretty high, your mortgage payment every month is pretty high, and that property you thought you were going to make a few dollars on as a vacation rental after you bought isn't doing so well right now. We have some clients that aren't doing the best because they got in late. Let me explain to you some of the dynamics involved with vacation rental property or short-term property or Airbnbs, however you want to call them. It takes time to, uh, quote, season them. I'm not sure there's a better term for that. But after you put that on the market, people will go out and look for it on Airbnb, VRBO, and some of the other sites. And they'll look at your property and they'll see, wow, there, no one has made any comments. And here's 40 comments on this property over here. Well, if that property that has 40 comments is available, it's probably going to get rented. Your property will get rented when the 40 comment property is already rented and people need to find a property, so they'll rent yours. And then you'll get one. Then you'll get another, and you'll get another. And you're going to get it from people who would prefer to rent a property that lots of people have been to, but they can't get to those properties because they're booked. Well, eventually, your property will have enough credibility through all of these ratings, hopefully they're five-star ratings, that you start to develop a following of sorts. And that, what I mean by that is someone will come in, they'll love your property, they'll tell other people about it, those people will book it, some of those people will come back and they'll come back again and they'll come back again. So that's how your property makes it. Now, if you started four years ago, five years ago, and your property has been on the market for a long time and a lot of people know about it, you're going to do fairly well during a cutback in the number of people traveling. They're still going to pick the high uh, rated properties. The properties have lots of ratings over others. So people that came in late bought their properties and paid more money for them than the early people did. They came into a, a situation where as we have this slowing up in the number of people going on vacation, the few people that are left are not going to be renting their properties as often because they don't have the ratings. It's not as seasoned. It's going to now take longer to get a seasoned property. And that'll come during certain types of events, such as Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's and Easter and other kinds of events that draw people to properties. And they'll be looking around, and the ones that have the highest ratings will be booked, and then you'll get your ratings. So I just wanted to let you know that this is part of the issue. The other part, if you start thinking, oh, well, we should be lowering our prices. Well, prices need to be adjusted according to the market, of course, and not just the market today, but how will that market be in a month from now or around Christmas time, for example. There are there's, it's, there's seasonal issues, there are holidays that are involved, and there, are, there is also this new consideration of high inflation and recession that everybody thinks that we're in already, they'll have an impact on prices. But it's important that you don't keep driving that price and driving that price down. Because remember, the key thing here is that 
fewer people are coming. It's n not that they are avoiding taking the vacation because it's, quote, too expensive. In most cases, the prices haven't gone up over the previous year. So that's not what it is. It's something else. It might be just simply the lack of money overall for the vacation. If you think about it, your property is one cost. They have to get there somehow. They have to eat when they're there. They have to be entertained when they're there. So the overall total cost of that vacation, they feel may have gone to the point where they can't afford it right now, or that they're still in somewhat of a shock over some of the higher prices they've seen and then the other thing that could be occurring, one other thing anyway, among others, is that there could be some layoffs at the company they work with. And that's happening now. There's a lot of discussion about it. So there probably is a certain level of fear out there that is preventing some people from taking a vacation when they otherwise would have just said, oh, heck with it, let's just go. So the longer term vacations, at least during the off seasons that's going to be difficult for some people to weather the income is going to be low it may not cover any costs the serious costs it won't cover the mortgage payment perhaps and you're going to have to come out of pocket with the money so that property you were going to buy initially just as your home vacation property and you were never intending to rent it uh, now you've got other things that are going to be demanding that money and you're going to consider well you know I wasn't going to rent this because we wanted to keep it for ourselves but you know I can't make that mortgage payment and those utility payments unless I get some income in so that brings me to this point where we should talk just a little bit about how you can take your vacation property and turn it into a rental property so that you can earn some money now, if you can make part of the payment, and it's not terrible, it's just putting a crimp in your style, so to speak, then you might want to turn this over to a property manager where you can rent that property. And even though it's slow, you'll still get some income from the property, and that'll help you offset all of your costs. Remember, the property manager takes a commission in almost all cases which is actually very good for you because you could go a month without any income coming in if it's very slow, for example, in uh, October, November. And that manager still has the obligation to go out and make sure that property is taken care of, which is good for you. Basically, you get that free service. They're not going to make any money if nobody's coming, but then eventually someone will come and that's why they're there for the long term. So it's great to have a property manager looking over your property. There's another issue that'll probably come up because it came up before when we were, had our big downturn, and that was people had properties that were vacant that were considered well, possibly vacation properties, but the insurance companies decided they wanted someone taking care of those properties or they weren't going to insure them. Now, I, I don't want to sow panic here because I haven't heard of that happening this time, but I'm almost certain that it will. So if you have a property manager out there, then that's an opportunity for you to tell the insurance company that your property is being managed, it's being watched over. Now, if taking your property from being your personal uh, property to putting it on the short-term rental program isn't 
for you, then you might want to consider putting that property on a 12-month lease basis. That would be for those of you that are really struggling having this payment every month and who are concerned that if they put it on the rental short-term rental basis, they won't be earning enough money either. In that case, you could rent it fully furnished for a 12-month basis on a lease and earn some money doing it that way, and then you'll get that cash flow every month. In many market areas around the country, especially the ones where there's a larger population, there's a severe shortage of rental properties right now, and rental rates are higher. So this may be a fallback position for you if you're looking for some way to make that mortgage payment and shed those other expenses that come with a vacation home or a short-term rental. And then there are those of you that are saying, I wonder if there are any opportunities here. Because some of those people that have a vacation home and they can't afford to keep it will be putting those on the market and they might be fire sailing those properties. Now, most people that bought a vacation home, or many people, I shall say, put at least 10% down. Some people put 20%. Some people paid cash for those properties. That means that there usually is, at least with a combination of equity that has shown up over the last maybe a year or two, uh, there's some negotiating room for people to be able to lower their prices if they're asked. So for example, you might have a property that you feel you need to sell because no matter how you look at it, you just don't want to get into a rental program and you know, even if a property manager does the work, you're not interested. So you want to unload that property. Maybe there's some other reasons for you to do that as well. So you want to put it on the market to sell it. Now you've got a little equity in that property because you bought it a couple years ago and the property values went up and you also put some money down. Well, buyers know this and they know the situation in the market. They know that prices are coming down a little bit. Uh, but they also want to acquire vacation rental property because if they acquire it at a lower cost and they feel they know how to rent it better, do something else with it that you're not perhaps doing with it, uh, it's a good value for them. And so now you have a property that's completely furnished in, in one case, unless you want to take all the furniture out, and you can put it on the market and someone will bargain for it. Um, switching gears a little bit, uh, now if you're on the buying side, uh, this might be a great opportunity for you to be able to buy someone's property in an almost distressed manner. In other words, if the property was on the market for 300000 or initially when they first put it out there, you might be able to get it for 250000 because you can come in with cash or you have the financing already in place and you can get them out of this problem with their mortgage. Now, there's a psychology out there that is very interesting. I found I, I've actually explored it over the years. And people will take a look at what they're putting out, perhaps 1500 to $2,000 a month in mortgage and cost. Maybe it's $2,500 a month. And that that's hitting them real hard because they had a re reduction in the number of hours they work or they uh, lost some of the income 
from a second job, uh, whatever the situation. Maybe they had two spouses working and one decided not to work, and there's a shortfall in income in the household. And that $2,500 a month is a lot, and they're pulling from savings to match that up. So that property then will, at the suggestion of a real estate agent, may go out there at 300000 and you're thinking, okay, well, I've got $50,000 in that property from my down payment to my equity. And when I sell it, I won't have to make that $2,500 a month payment any longer. And I'm going to get some cash out of it. Well, then the offer comes in and the offer is $20,000 lower. And you keep thinking, I'm still making that $2,500 payment. I'm still making that $2,500 payment. And that payment is so overriding that you will be willing to sell that house for less money to get out from under it and get whatever cash is left over. That's the psychology that buyers are using today is let me help you unload this property and you can get back to normal. And it, it works to some extent. So if you're a buyer out there, then make a good offer. Be sure you buy that property right because the market is still slowing down. The prices are likely to drop a little bit. So if that seller had waited another six months to put the property on the market, it might go for another 25000 or 30000 less. You don't want to wait for that six months because they just put it on the market and it's the right property in the right place. So try to get that price down to where it would be in six months, assuming that prices are dropping. So there are opportunities for buyers and sellers in this market, particularly for the sellers too, who have some equity in their house and maybe they give up all the equity they've earned the last year, but they can break even and, and get out of what they think is just a drag on their income. Thank you for coming to our podcast. I could continue talking about this topic, and I will again in another episode. I'll drill down on a couple of individual points, perhaps on how to buy a distressed property, and another is how to sell a distressed property. Would you please visit our website at keyladder.com and consider taking one of our courses in our real estate investment school. We have two courses presently available. One is to help you with residential rental property investment. We have the full course, which is about 34 lessons. We're going to be adding even more to them. And the course on how to invest in vacation rental property. The first course I just mentioned has everything in it about buying any type of residential property from a single family home to multifamily homes and even a little bit on vacation rental property. It also talks about how to manage that property, how to look at it as a business. It covers insurance and taxes and all kinds of other things than just the buying and the day-to-day -day management. The and how to invest in vacation rental property is very specific about rental property. We did not repeat all of the other parts of the master course at all in this one. So I suggest that if you decide you want to take the course on investing in vacation rental property, that you also consider taking our full course. Now as a bonus for you, because you came to this 
podcast and also to our website, we have a mini course for each one of these full courses and the mini courses are free. Take our mini courses if you want to and if that mini course directs you to a career and investing in residential real estate, then go on to take our full courses on either one and we think we should probably take both. If you take one of the courses, then you will get a discount on taking the second course and those discounts you can find in the courses themselves. And the courses have a lot of tools in them. We call a spreadsheet that you can use for this or that purpose, a tool. So we have a lot of those things in there to help you assess everything about buying and managing residential rental property. So again, thank you for coming to our podcast, and we hope that you come back to future podcasts.